0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Hearable, the book-reading subscription for people who are too lazy to read by themselves, or simply too much of a dullard to know how. When you take out a Hearable subscription, a peasant will follow you around as you get on with your business. No, not that sort of business and they will read a book to you while you work. Hearable offers a wide selection of more than six books, including The Half-Life of Cheese by C.J. Cheddar, The Importance of Being Important by Lord Bunting of Lee, Adventures in Crop Rotation by Jess Frimlington, Candles and Their Uses by James Lucerne, Memoirs of a Blanket Weaver by Amelia Textual, the best-selling Tale of Two Mid-Sized Towns by Charles Spiggins, and uh, that's the entire library. Hearable is only three groats every full moon.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. As always, I am your host, Russ, aka Morris, and with me is my silent but deadly compatriot...
2: Yes, I have, having assumed a full gaseous form, uh, I'm Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Hello! So Peter, what's caught your eye this week? What's caught my eye? I would definitely have to say Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay has been very much at the forefront of my eye. Okay. Big fan of it was, ple- well, I didn't get to play it in first edition, my little brother did, still jealous of him to this day. I got to play Space instead. I That's played why. first edition
1: and uh, second think- edition haven't played anything since. I oh, no, so. I played the Fantasy Flight Games one. Was that mm-hmm. third?
2: Something like that. Uh, anyway, I played yeah.
1: that one. Um, so I haven't played this one yet, but it's out for pre-order
2: now. Yes. And uh, if you get the pre-order... You, you get think? you get a 345-page PDF, which uh, doesn't have all the maps and so forth. So it's all sort of a beta copy. But, yeah, there's a lot of um, exciting and flavourful thing. And my... My WhatsApp has been absolutely blowing up with one of the guys who've got it on theirs, and they are really stoked to see it. Wow, I'm, I'm
1: really excited to see that one too.
2: Absolutely, it's going to be great. Hmm. Do you know what? The thing I've spotted this week is. What did you spot
1: this week? It's a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter? Yes, it's called Your Best Game Ever. Your Best Game Ever. Your Best Game Ever. <laughs>
2: copyright <laughs>
1: uh, so it's a kickstarter by Monty Cook Games oh yeah, sure, yeah. and uh, instead of being um, like a rule book or, yeah. or a game it's a book about running games and how to sort of like manage games and things like that Oh yeah, so yeah, what right.
2: they've done is they've Sort of a GMing advice. A GMing but,
1: advice thing. So like yeah. Robin, Robin Laws has been doing that for years. Yeah, his She. G- I think we've I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, actually.
2: Probably. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Mike She's a slippery Sly. <laughs> a Sly. Sly, Sly, flourish, Sly, flourish—not flourish, slippery flourish. <laughs> that would be a different thing altogether. Indeed. Anyway, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So, in my best game ever, so Monte Cook Games have contacted yeah. a, a whole bunch of sort of industry experts and professionals and stuff. Yes, and um, they're all contributing to this book, oh, which yeah. covers all sorts of different topics, from managing groups to mm. running NPCs. Basically, everything
2: you know related to a game, mm. and that they're sort of dealing with in this in this Kickstarter. Mm. It's really interesting. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, So it's like, I'm getting the idea it's a series of small articles. I know, it's a book.
1: It's book.
2: it's 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 a full book. But it's composed... I mean, it's got a lot of different... Yeah, like
1: essays, I think.
2: Yeah, Small but essays, right. I, I think is the, is, yeah. is the approach there. The odd monograph or yeah. two. Yeah, yeah indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll be definitely picking that up when that comes out.
2: Oh, indeed, indeed. It sounds like a must-have. Yep. So also sort of in the news, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you
1: remember last week um, we covered a couple of items which we said would be announced shortly after our podcast. <laughs>
2: well, like um, uh, Ra- uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica.
1: Well, I can exclusively review it right now yes. that as soon as you and yeah. Angus left yes. and headed home, yes. suddenly the internet exploded with a deluge of exciting announcements what about things we just talked about in the podcast. <laughs> so I can confirm <laughs> that the Expanse Kickstarter did launch. Great. Exactly as we said it would. Ah, indeed. Prophetic. The Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica did indeed get announced, exactly as we said it would. And did it have as much detail as we hoped for? Um, uh,
2: Not really. No, no. Still doesn't yeah. have a page count, so we still have to go oh. with our scientific method <laughs> from last week. We know it weighs two pounds. That's 96 pages.
1: And finally, nice. Eberron was oh, indeed yes. announced, as we said mm. it would be. Um, Eberron, there's a the
2: Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron. Yeah.
1: So there's a PDF available yeah. on the Dungeon Masters Guild, yes. with a sort of basic, sort of, exactly as we predicted, uh, intro and primer to Eberron. And mm. now, people who publish on the Dungeon Masters Guild can now publish adventures and yes. materials set in Eberron. And I believe there's a a big old handful of them i mean would you like to hear about some of the ones that are actually out there
2: oh yes that'd be amazing because i believe we actually have a list like i was uh just putting my uh geek hat on i knew everyone had uh, reached the outside world because suddenly one of the forums i frequent which is in some ways concerned with the optimization and correct creation of characters uh did absolutely explode because they've released all sorts of uh playtest material within it which in the traditions of fifth dead dnd is very 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 overpowered but <laughs> like they've got war forged seem to be making everyone very excited right now so uh we've got the wayfinder's guide to Eberron. okay yeah so ever i believe that's sort of a similar to ravnica in that it's a magic has replaced science so therefore it's very technomagical society is that correct
1: yeah, sort of. I've not actually played in everyone myself. No, no. So I sort I kind of know about it secondhand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that seems like a reasonable. I mean, if you look at the cover to the Wayfarer's Guide, uh, Wayfinder's Guide to everyone here, yes. you can see a train with, you know, a magical arcane powered train. Yeah. And, it's, um,
2: it's, in fact, it's sort of like it's an old steam train, except it's like crackling with blue electricity. And then from an old fashioned sailing ship, which is also flying through the sky, you've got Looks like an armored knight with uh, sort of an Ersatz lightsaber, who's uh, clearly getting ready to jump down on it, possibly in some sort of Heist or Soda reference.
1: Possibly, possibly. So, on DM's Guild, uh, as well as this Wayfinder's Finder's Guide, obviously, yeah. um, which is the official release on Wizard of the Coast. Um, it's written by Keith Baker, who's the uh-huh. original designer of Eberron. Um, there's uh-huh. six chapters. It's you know it's quite a sizable PDF. Okay. Just basically, um, if you're a player who's new to Eberron, it's uh-huh. Basically everything you need to begin a campaign there. And mm-hmm. uh, for those who know about Eberron already, it's an update to the fifth edition rules, especially including the like the races section, which yes. includes stats for sort of changelings, Kalashtar, Shifter and Warforge. Mm-hmm. There's an overview of Shaan um a sort of prominent city mm-hmm. in Eberron, and um the Dragon Marks, which is another sort of important aspect of Eberron. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like pulp adventure kind of mm-hmm. the sort of arcano technic sort of veneer over the top. So we have by, uh, various authors. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Encounters in Shan. Right. Which right. is, um, it's some adventures. It's 12 adventures set in Eberron. Oh, yeah. Broken into sort of various sort of levels and things like that. So uh-huh. there should be something for most people. Also on DM's Guild, you can pick mm-hmm. up the Razor Claw, which is a sub race for use with, um, the Shifter race. Ah, the Shifters yes. um, presented in the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron. The, uh, the Razor is, um, a shifter sub-race by um, mm. Travis Leg. It's mm. a short piece. focuses entirely on that one sub-race. Mm-hmm. So pay-what-you-want product. So mm. you can, you know, just pay a dollar for it, whatever it is you want.
2: Uh, I think uh, Hasbro was briefly in the news and caused quite a bit of a stir. Yeah. Well, did you want to talk about that? I'd love to talk about it. Go on, and You talk about it. Uh, uh, as I understand it, with my admittedly limited second-hand knowledge, uh, the uh, CEO of Hasbro said, you know what he thought was awesome? Esports was awesome, and Dungeons and Dragons and esports. Except apparently he didn't say that. He was talking about Magic the Gathering, which is much easier to see potentially as people playing esports because people will watch poker with every evidence of enjoyment.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is quite an interesting little thing. So basically, he appeared on a US show called Mad Money on oh, CNBC. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was sort of involved in an interview mainly about sort of like stocks and shares and, yeah, yeah. you know, corporate. Stuff that no, I
2: don't understand too. To, to, Toys R Us has had a yeah, well, yeah. Ban, they mentioned so Toys R Us affected, and things like that. That's affected the share um, stuff, yeah.
1: And as just as part of that conversation, mm. um, they started talking about esports. Yeah. And primarily, so, they were talking about Magic um, the Gathering mm. was the context, but the subject of D and D came up as well because he was also mentioning that D and D. Is mm-hmm. doing very well yes. at the moment, and so Extra forth. And I gets well. a lot of sort of Twitch viewers and stuff, and the two Ooh. subjects kind of got conflated yeah. in people's people's minds. Yeah. And um, it seems—I mean, it seemed to me also at the time—but uh, um, that he was actually talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Could be ripe for esports. Well, the problem was CSNBC, Uh in their article, Uh they sort of conflated the two quotes themselves. Uh And they said in their article about the interview, um, this is what they said, games like Dungeons & Dragons could one day be ripe for esports competitions. Right. Which is not what he actually said in the interview. No. No. Um, So he did say that Magic the Gathering.
2: But I will say, he didn't say it. It doesn't make it any less true.
1: Well, D and D does have a long and varied history of competitive play. Mm. I mean, a lot of the original modules are all sort of like designed for tournament play. Uh-huh. The RPGA used to run sort of a, a big sort of uh, tournaments, mm. at various conventions and so forth. Competitive play has a. You know, it's very much ingrained into D&D's history. And it still goes on to this day. Yeah. I mean... Uh, well, well uh,
2: Garajajak said um, that he definitely... He wrote that he thought it would be perfect for having, like, lots of people seeing it mm. on TV and so forth. I mean, uh, were you ever in a tournament, or did you see... Oh,
1: I have never played one myself, no.
2: Ah, okay. I was just wondering how they would actually work. Uh, because I was listening to some of the trailers for the Ravnica stuff, and they were talking about uh, having a maze. And it occurred to me... Bearing in mind that we talked last week about computer games such as Neverwinter Nights and how one could then use that has the basis for a server and a persistent world is you could actually have something a bit like, say, the Dota 2 Championships or League of Legends where people can play online uh, competing uh, against another team, potentially on time or some other way, in order to... Create an exciting adventure, and the dungeon crawl classic is what D D does best.
1: Hmm. Well, um, I do have a little bit of information about D and D's history with uh, uh, with competitive play. So, um, the RPGA started the D Open Championship back in ninety seven.
2: Oh
1: yes. Um, in two thousand and eight, it changed its name to the D and D Championship Series. Oh. Ended in twenty thirteen, and then uh, Wizard oh. of Course brought it back for fifth edition at um Origins Game Fair in 2016.
2: Um
1: so you know tournament play's been well established for, oh. for many decades and uh, tournaments they were kind of like originally associated with um wargaming conventions. Yeah. Um but the very first sort of large scale D&D tournament um it took place at Origins in Baltimore um mm-hmm. back in 77 oh, and yeah, yeah. about um 1500 people attended that convention
2: good for that time.
1: Uh, with 120 of them participating in the D&D tournament. What? Get out.
2: Really? Mm. That's amazing.
1: Um, there's also, there's, there's, have you heard of the National Society of Crazed Gamers? NASCRAG.
2: I've never heard of the National Society for Crazed Gamers, NASCRAG.
1: So they ran D&D but, tournaments from 1980 up till 2011.
2: Okay. Um, then they wow. switched over to Pathfinder instead. Fair enough. Something else that has come out is the zombicide RPG. Right, okay. Well, based on the board game, is it? Yes, based on the board game by Call Mini or Not. Uh, mm-hmm. So, as you can expect, they probably got a lot of plastic models already set and raring to go. Mm-hmm. The theme is obviously survival horror. Uh, I personally will be breathlessly waiting for the Black Plague expansion because that's my, that's my Side jam, really. Right, okay. Uh, which is set in a pseudo medieval Europe where you have like elves and sorcerers and wizards and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, killing necromancer zombies. Because why don't they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a adventure first off called something like The Crossroads, which is how one is supposed to introduce one's characters together right. as a GM. And let you get into the game and then uh, you crack on having survival horror fun, I can only assume. I don't know a lot about it because I think it's like, they're still in the Kickstarter stage and they are making, they're probably going to make quite a lot of adjustments and so forth. But with anyway, Call Me or Not involved, there's all sorts of different opportunities available uh, because they are very focused on swift play and good game design. Okay. Yeah. That's something to keep an eye out Definitely. Uh, what about Robotech? Robotech. Robotech role playing game? I think that was mentioned last week, and I was largely clueless. Okay, How well, so right? that, so we mentioned a couple of weeks ago the lawsuit being settled. Oh,
0: yeah,
2: that's right. There was like there's a there was a cartoon and like another property. Yeah. And so the pro-
1: or, so the original cartoon was called yeah. the Macross saga, and yes. and uh, sort of BattleTech and um, sort of Robotech kind of span out from that. Yeah, along yeah, with some yeah. other things. Uh, th- Strange Machine Games have announced a licensing deal to publish a brand new Robotech role-playing game. Mm. And we've got some art for it, which you can see is very colourful, very cartoony, robots, planes and so forth.
2: Oh, yeah, you've got like a chap in a green and silver, I don't know, jump pack suit, chasing and sending a whole pile of missiles at some unfortunate chap in. Looks like a relatively modern-day fighter. Yeah. Does not look good for the chap in the fighter, must say. It says UN Spacey on the the plane. Right. Whatever that means.
1: You can pilot any mecha or command any starship from the saga. Mm -hmm. Um, Asymmetrical play. Uh, Play as an officer while your allies fight in Valkyries. Uh, Ah, okay. So I don't know an awful lot about this, but... Looks quite interesting. It's due for release in the second quarter of 2019, and yeah. what it says here is expected to come out between 200 and 250 pages.
2: Okay, not a bad size. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, well, a bit of asymmetry in play does sound good. If because obviously the classic classic example of that would be the Shadowrun role playing game mm. with hackers and so forth. Except this sounds like you've got the officer giving orders. Or probably buffing and supporting the actual people doing things in the Valkyrie. So Mm. it's interesting. So listeners at home, we've got a very exciting guest in today. We've got Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen-Smide. Well, hello! This man needs no introduction. Pleased to meet you, Doctor Wolfhausen-Smide. Pleased to meet you too. Did you have a good trip getting here today?
1: I did. It well reminded me of the trip when I crossed the Antarctic. I, uh, I had seven huskies, you know. Three of them died. I had to eat them. But we made it across the Antarctic after I wrestled a polar bear.
2: You wrestled a polar bear? How exciting.
1: As you know, polar bears are not native to the Antarctic. That is true. But I met one
2: nevertheless how unfortunate the poor thing had escaped so I wrestled this polar bear yes uh, I beat it into submission you bit a polar bear into submission
1: yes I stripped to the west of course in the middle of the Antarctic adopted a boxing because you know I was the world heavyweight boxing champion for quite a while yes yes and uh, engaged in fisticuffs
2: you engaged in fisticuffs with the bear and then you bit it in submission yeah with you so far
1: and uh, yes so what was your question again
2: It was, did you have a good trip here?
1: Ah, yes, a very good trip. Thank you, thank you.
2: Did you come by Husky?
1: I did not come by Husky.
2: Did you come by Jet?
1: Well, you know, I I am
2: I did notice a big parachute outside. Is that yours?
1: uh, Well, you see, I I first learned to fly Jets back Mm. when I was 25. And uh, I was engaged in various skirmishes against the Ruskies. Piece of risky. Yes, Ooh. yes. Um, um, yes, I was a very, very good jet pilot, and um, um, yes, yes. So uh, I, I decided to come here today by uh, uh, flying a flying a jet and jumping out
2: with a parachute. That would explain the explosion.
1: So, um, yes, um, I did forget to bring a co-pilot.
2: That will happen, even to the best of us. So, yes, so uh, you, so you, parach- so you ejected, parachuted then. Fantastic. Pleased to have you here and thank you for going to so much effort. Uh, what's your favourite RPG? RPGs? Yes, role-playing games. It's worth... Yes, that reminds me of the time I played an RPG with Queen Victoria, the
1: first. It was, I believe, the first ever RPG. I mm. helped write it, you know. Really? Yes, it was called Courts and Rapiers.
2: Courts and rapiers,
1: Fantastic. indeed, yeah. indeed. Oh yes, we played it all night. It was quite the quite the game.
2: It sounds like a game of Elizabethan swashbuckling. <laughs> yes, except it had dinosaurs. Dinosaurs always important. Yes, I met a dinosaur once, you know. Oh yeah, okay, okay.
1: Yes, uh, a little baby T Rex. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yes, I called it Gertrude. Gertrude. Uh, what
2: happened to Gertrude's parents?
1: Uh, Well, um, I believe Gertrude was an orphan poor thing. Uh. Uh, So I I took her in and uh, raised her and um, eventually let her out into the Amazon.
2: Where's the favourite place you've ever been to? Hmm. I rather enjoyed Waterdeep. Waterdeep.
1: Yes, I met a nice chap called uh, El uh, Minster, young chap. Um,
2: he sounds Spanish.
1: Yes, that's what I thought at the time, mm. but he didn't quite have the accent, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, he was dabbling around in those magical arts. Oh, I see, really. Yeah, so I taught him a few things. I taught him a few cantrips. It's
2: always important. Yes, yes. Keep, um, keep your, keep your sore sharp, as it were. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: so I like to think I'm his mentor.
2: Yeah, well, I, I know he does look up to you in his uh, book, Elmenister's Guide to the Plains. Uh, with, it's in the forwarder, with special thanks to uh, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen-Smythe.
1: Yes, well, he texts
2: me all the time. He needs a lot of advice. Oh, lot course, of course, yes. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, the interview with Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen-Smythe ran a bit long, so it's been edited into multiple parts. But fear not, we'll revisit more of his adventures in the near future. Yeah, so Angus is unfortunately not here today because he is jet-setting across the pond to America to attend Gen Con. We, as you may have guessed, are not jet-setting across the pond to
2: America to attend Gen Con. I know, right? I need a better agent, what can I say?
1: (laughs) Um, So yeah, we'll be managing without Angus. He might be back next week, depending how jet-lagged he is, because I think his plane comes in next Sunday and we record on Mondays, so... We'll see whether he's here next week.
2: Yeah, good look at that. <laughs> so I'm it's sure. just us. Yes. So since we can't be at Gen Con, which I'm sure is not infrequent amongst the people listening to this podcast, what's going to happen at Gen Con?
1: Well, mm-hmm. Gen Con um, has a number of big releases this year. Oh really? Yeah, I'm quite mm. excited about them actually.
2: I'm listening. Tell me more.
1: I've got, there's so many of them that I can't really decide which to pick up because I don't think I can afford to get all of these things. But
2: I would well, skip out the supplements. Just, just let's have the big names.
1: Okay. Well, I made it. I made a little list of things that
2: sort of like jumped out at me. Yeah.
1: What was your top six? Um, six. It's
2: interesting yeah. number that you chose there. <laughs> What, what can I say? I, I despise base five and I prefer to cue my own furrow, as it were. Fair enough. So my top (laughs) six then. Okay. In, in no particular order then. In no particular order. Okay. This is just the order that, you know, it's not reverse
1: alphabetical. Yeah. It's just the order that I saw them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, we have Warhammer 40k Wrath and Glory. Oh, in. Oh. And that yes. really, really does look spectacular.
2: Oh, I hear they have an entirely new game system. Yeah. yeah. yeah Ulysses North
1: America producing this under license from um, Games Workshop. Yes. Yeah. Um, coming out at Gen Con, the sort of like previews, there's been previews on the web. We've got some on EN World as well, um, mm. showing cases, some of the art and some of the bits and pieces from it. And it is absolutely beautiful looking. hmm I'm like, yeah. And I've, I've never played 40K before. Really? Mm-hmm. I've played, um, oh, okay. played Wolfrup, but yes. 40k I've not played. Ah, so I'm, 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 I'm kind of quite looking forward to giving this a shot.
2: Ah, yeah. Uh, remember, you can't go wrong with a Vulcan and chainsaw. It's just well, iconic for a reason. That's just sort of
1: every Saturday night,
2: isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do. I, I, I know you live in the rougher parts of Southampton, but fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. Who's next? Well, so the other, other big releases at um,
1: Gen Con then this year. Um, so obviously, I and I've definitely mentioned this quite a few times. The Pathfinder playtest, yeah, just officially wants twice. released this week. Oh, okay. Um, so it'll be coming out in PDF this week, but also uh-huh. um the sort of hard copies. I've got one on pre-order actually, so uh-huh. hoping that's going to arrive this week. But yeah, the full playtest rules, yes, ready for everyone to delve into and start playing for the next year before the actual final game comes out at Gen Con next year.
2: Yeah, you've been releasing the uh, character classes that they sent you out on the uh, EN World, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: um yeah, I think we mentioned that last week. But basically there's mm. um six regen mm. characters yeah. which you can see over on it. Probably by mm. the time you hear this I think the playtest document the playtest book will be out, so mm. I'm sure they're in there anyway. That's um um I, c- I just can't wait to get my hands on this. See I problem with these sort of big releases at Gen Con, I don't mm. know which to play. I really mm. want to play the Pathfinder playtest. I really want to give Wrath and Glory a go. Um, I'm also, like, really interested in um, The Witcher game, which oh, is yeah, another so... one coming out at Gen Con. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, again, um, not something I'm desperately familiar with, but no. uh, something I've heard, you know, quite a lot about recently. It's gotten a lot of buzz. It seems to be pretty much up there at the top of a lot mm-hmm. of people's list of games they're excited about.
2: Yeah. So yep. I'm
1: I'm consequently excited because peer pressure <laughs> works on me. <laughs> <laughs> Easily influenced. Good to know. Thanks. Who's that talent? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that's coming out of Gen Con 2. Yes. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, Vampire 5th Edition. Oh, Vampire yes. the Masquerade 5th yeah. Edition is coming out. Oh, that's from White Wolf, not Onyx Path. That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. Um, there's been a little bit of sort of controversy about that. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. Um, I know our sound editor, Daryl, sort of tweets about this quite frequently. I haven't like delved into the controversy itself, so I'm not 100% sure I understand it, but there's yeah. um, the, something
2: about the playtest book getting some kind of... Were they caught in controversy? Were they terribly tone deaf? Who can say? I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. Uh, um, um, but I can't deny that it's a big release, though. It is a big release. I think a lot of the uh, previous PDFs from White Wolf, as it was before it became Onyx Path, Have actually been released on PDF for something like a dollar ago or something. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay,
2: yeah.
1: Um, So, um, modern age
2: from uh, Green Running. Mm -hmm.
1: So um, this is their adventure game engine system. Yes, Um, there's Fantasy Age, Modern Age, and Mm -hmm. uh, Future Future? Age. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, yeah. So that's their sort of generic system, which um, was kind of a spin-off their Dragon Age game
2: Mm -hmm. a few
1: years back. The PDF is already out. You can get it on DriveThruRPG, places like that. The actual hardcover, I believe, is coming out at Gen Con.
2: Oh, nice. Bit of paper.
1: Mm. Good. Like it. Um there is also RuneQuest, a role playing in Glorantha Oh yes. Yeah. Um that is also coming out this year, this mm, Gen Con. Yeah. Classic game going back yes. to the sort of late seventies, early eighties. Ah. Glorantha being a, a classic setting going back equally as far. Mm-hmm. Um so that is looking like for especially for sort of old school fans, that yes. like it's gonna be a big, big hit.
2: It sounds like there really is something for uh, nearly everyone. Mm. Like we're hitting a lot of different IPs, all very big, all coming out at Gen Con. Mm. Ah, what well, time to be alive.
1: So that's, that's that's my that's my top six, that in is no particular order, of particular. big things coming out at Gen Con this year. There are other things coming out at Gen Con, of course. Yeah, Dozens yeah. and dozens and dozens of them, but they are six that sort of like sprang to mind.
2: Well, what we can do is, when Angus has had a chance to uh, lick them, and thus, as we know, absorb the knowledge contained therein by osmosis, he can come back and tell us all about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a fine plan.
1: Yeah, well, I imagine he's on a plane
2: right now, winging his way across the Atlantic. Oh, excellent. So I can just give him jobs to do and he will have no idea about it. <laughs> That's the way forward, I think. <laughs> well, Gen Con doesn't
1: start until Thursday. Okay. On Wednesday night, it kind of, uh, there's the Diana Jones Awards, which is kind of a big industry get together, which is kind of like the pre uh, kind of Gen Con lubrication ses- session.
2: The for, pre for- Gen Con lubrication session? Yes. Well, yeah, certainly that's a way to describe the social event
1: oh, I mean it's, it's a good sort of, sort of mix, sort of yeah. starting, starting off the convention. Absolutely. Let's
2: um, get that convention started right.
1: And then, of course, uh, the convention itself starts on Thursday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Friday night, there'll be the Emmys.
2: Ooh. And,
1: of course, the convention
2: runs through until Sunday. Ah, <gasps> Wow. And, of course, I think we were going to do a special bonus episode to commemorate the Emmys cake. The, the winners of the innings?
1: Yeah, we'll probably do that in the next week or two. We'll go over the I winners so. and have a quick chat about
2: those. Fantastic. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i not at Gen Con this year. I'm quite upset about that. But I've been to about, I think it must be about five of them now. I don't get wow. there very often. It's once every few years. Yeah. It's a long way to go for us. <laughs> not the closest. History. Yeah. And it involves all those airports and planes. And I'm
2: not a mm-hmm. good traveler. Oh, okay, fair enough.
1: I mean, I don't mind being places. I That's... really like being places. Yes.
2: Airports. <sighs> Ooh, no. Oh, no. Nobody, nobody's favourite places to be. Oh, I struggle with airports. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, then. How would you like to play our favourite game in all the world? Oh, boy, would I ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's do it. Woohoo! Guess the Kickstarter from just the name and Yay. nothing else. Angus is not here.
2: Yes, yes, so he can't adjudicate. So, yes. are you ready? I was born ready. Let's I can see you're poised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the
1: first is as follows. Um, you may have heard of this before, actually. Uh, Geist the Sin Eaters, second edition.
2: Mm. Interesting. Geist the Sin Eaters, well, Geist is the German word for ghost. And Sinita's, yes. similar to the concept of a whipping boy in some respects, it was a medieval term where you'd get somebody to accept your sins from you, usually in exchange for money. So the idea being that they would go to hell and you would be able to enter heaven with a clean conscience. That sounds a very strange thing to me. But yeah, so I'm guessing Geister Sinita's second edition, not a relation to Ghost of the Oblivion or anything like that. Um, um, well... That's half to say.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you're hard okay. So, um, mm-hmm. Geist of Sin Eater came out in um, 2009, uh-huh. and it was part of the uh, Chronicles of Darkness series, alongside sort of Vampire the Requiem, Werewolf the Forsaken, Mage: yes. the Awakening, and so forth. Um, so this is a second edition, mm-hmm. um, in which you pay, uh, play a, a ghost, essentially, exactly as you said, yeah. You, you do, who died with a sort of powerful burden on their soul.
2: Unfinished business. Yeah, something you didn't
1: accomplish in life. Um, Mm. So, on the other side of sort of death, you you make a bargain with a powerful being called a geist, which returns you to the world of the living Um. uh, and to your own body.
2: Oh, awkward.
1: (laughs) Well, it depends. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm assuming your body's sort of in fairly decent nick
2: at the time, but. Well, it's going to have to be really, although that begs the question of what made you die. Like someone cuts your head off and you go back, you're like, well, I've got nowhere to go. I've got no head. I will give you four points out of ten for that. <laughs> four points out of ten, despite saying that the ghost of oblivion <laughs> is the one that came off. All right, mm. I'll give you 11 <laughs> points out of ten. Better. Okay. <laughs> right, the next one. <laughs> yeah, I appealed to the decision. It was great. Go on, next one. That's the it. next
1: one. Delta Green and the Labyrinth.
2: Well, that's Delta Green, the... Call a Cthulhu-based role-playing game. Yes, which involves an American agency tasked with dealing with things that go bump in the night. Indeed, uh, usually by introducing it to their friends, Mister Cox and Mister Heckler. So the labyrinth, I'm guessing, is a it's a an adventure, a standalone adventure, and like they're going and doing some sort of thing in a labyrinth time race. Hmm. Hopefully, fighting at all, but that is the way of things. Sure, five out of ten. A.
1: Five out of ten for identifying that the Delta Green the labyrinth is in fact delta green. Yay. <laughs> the <clues laughs> labyrinth, right. however, is not a physical labyrinth. Oh, ah, It is a, metaphysical. a reference to the fact that American life has entered a labyrinth of twisty passages all alike. Mm. While there are many ways in, there is no way out. It's oh. It's a metaphor. Um, So it's a collection of organisations for uh, your Delta Green campaign. Um, Each one has like a story arc, progressing it through various stages. Mm -hmm. Some of them, it says here, some groups corrode, wither and die. Others gain hideous strength and uncover profound new horrors. Each has Mm -hmm. connections to other groups, ensuring that players find fresh hells at every turn. That sounds
2: very jolly. That does sound fun, doesn't it? I know, Absolutely. Uh, I, so, it was a collection of interwoven bureaucracies, did you say? Uh, Organisations, yeah. Organisations, yeah. Much. Well, that sounds very bad. In terms the of factions, way. essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, uh, the next one.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Fantasy World Creator. Well, I'm hoping that it turns out to be a way to create worlds of fantasy. You wouldn't be wrong. And uh, it would be sort of a GM creation tool, so. There's two ways it could go. Either it is a book full of endless amounts of tables, which you can roll on, which I'm not a big fan of, or it would be, these are the design principles for how to make a world. Okay. Those are not, in fact, the only
1: two ways it can go.
2: What's the third way?
1: There's actually two more ways I can think of. Far away. So one way it isn't Mm -hmm. is a sort of like software application for designing and building fantasy worlds and campaign settings. Okay. I know those sort of things have existed in the past. What this is, is um, a set of modular tiles, tokens, and more for gaming. Character sheets and tokens, wipe dry, rewritable. You can see here, it's just all sorts of of different... um, Oh. You know, stand-up
2: tokens and it- streets and buildings and. <laughs> it looks a bit like, um, like Space Hulk or like a Warhammer Quest, except it's all been washed out of colour. Yeah,
1: but it all does seem to be black and white, doesn't it? I don't know if that's just that particular set. Tabula rasa let you draw your own things like that? Oh, of course, it's all dry white. So, yeah, it has oh, to be light color, doesn't it? Of course. Yeah. Um, so they've got um, various sets. We've got uh, Wildlands, Palace, Dungeon, Underground, and Housing Interiors. Mm. And uh, also a whole bunch of um, different sort of monsters and 140 creatures, 24 characters,
2: and, you know, in total, over 450 pieces of various types. Yeah. So just to make it clear, this is actually small things that are you would move around on a board, like... Uh, yeah, well, well, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, how many points we give you out of that one? I will
1: give you two out of ten for that. Seems generous. I think so. Yeah. Too no. generous. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no you know you can't spend these points. <laughs> you are saying that points don't mean prizes. <laughs> oh, my whole life has been a lie. The next one is John's silence. Oh, nice. Well, it's evocative. It is. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there and say I think it's John Silence is a wizard. It's an urban fantasy. A wizard, wizard in the finest low magic tradition, which is where it's set in our world, but with magic intruding into it. And this is, I guess, the initial uh, book talking about him.
1: Hmm, not bad. I reckon seven out of ten for that. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, it's a complete RPG uh-huh. um, using mechanics inspired by D and D and various OSR games, mm. and it takes inspiration from um, a novel called "John Silence, Physician Extraordinary" by um, by someone mm. called Algernon Blackwood in 1908. Okay, nice. Um, so mm. that's old school. Yeah, so the game... So it's taken inspiration from that, but the setting of the actual game is the US between 1938 and 1998. Okay. So obviously they're not taking the actual setting, just kind of being inspired by it.
2: They go whack it over 60 years with one
1: chap, haven't they? So the characters are people of colour who are psychic detectives committed to saving Earth from planar creatures invisible to most humans.
2: I would not have got that from the name, I must admit.
1: Oh, you, you kind of got the sort of wizard in the modern
2: day fighting unseen evils i was thinking more harry dresden or john constantine and this sounds a lot cooler than that so Fair rock enough. on okay then. John silence next one yes okay towns and dungeons rpg decks hmm. well it sounds similar to fantasy world creator in that you're going to have a big pile of cards which will have various locations written on them and it's a quick way to generate a town and or a village.
1: going to give you 20 out of 10.
2: Ah, marvellous, marvellous.
1: Well done. Um, so this, uh, for GMs who want to create stuff on the fly, it's a mm-hmm. gamer's toolkit. Mm-hmm. You get two decks, yes. towns and dungeons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they supply you with layouts you can use to quickly build your adventuring location. Each deck contains 52 cards. Nice. Each with sort of, you know, like 52 unique town layouts or... Stuff they don't have labels on them, so if I mm. show you the picture here, look. oh yeah, yeah, so you can see you get you'll get something like that, oh, yeah. and then you and then you sort of run with this sort of empty
2: picture of a. It's got dungeon like a, a d- dungeon complex with various blobs being the cave systems, and then you have the corridors running in between them. Yeah, that's quite got, What's that? That's a little village there at a crossroads. Yeah, yeah, crossroads with, ver- with maybe a river or something running through it, and various houses and so forth. Mm. Nice visual cues to let you improvise off. Yeah. Seems wrong. Okay, the next one.
1: Uh-huh. The Complete McCaig Creature Compendium Volume
2: 1. And how are you spelling McCaig? M-C-C-A-G-U-E. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. McCaig. Seems legit. The Complete McCaig Creature Compendium Volume 1. Volume 1. Right. Well, I don't know what McCaig is, and... It says less me than say Grimtooth did, but it sounds like a monster manual full of various creatures and argorables. Wow, you're doing really well.
1: That's I a good name.
2: Forty points
1: out of twenty. <laughs> um, so this is yeah, it's a, it's a basically a monster manual, fifty yeah. monsters for fifth edition, um, by uh, Caitlin McCabe. Ah, I see. So yeah. Caitlin McCabe is the uh is uh, well, um an artist mm-hmm. and a uh, monster mash YouTuber. It says here. Monster
2: Mash. Yeah,
1: so these 50 monsters include things from mounts and pack animals, solitary creatures, boss monsters,
2: with a variety
1: of land, air, and
2: sea creatures. Hmm. Ah, so it's all beautifully illustrated Mm. throughout. Uh, Definitely look forward to that. Yeah. We've got a sample monster here, the Wolf Eel. The Wolf Eel, which in the finest tradition of D&D appears to be the front half is a wolf, the back half is... Also a wolf, but is more eely, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's very it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to
1: enlarge that, but it's not
2: high, high enough resolution. Oh, I can't actually read it. I tell a lie, it's actually two wolves so next to each other. I thought that, okay. <laughs> it is a small picture. Yeah. I, I, I see where I went wrong there. Yes. I thought it was like a sort of, a, a sort of cut price centaur, but actually mm-hmm. it's a sort of a slippery eel-like wolf, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, you ready to try the next one? I'm happy to try my hand. Let's do it. Okay, the Careless Adventurer's Guide. So the Careless Adventurer's Guide would be potentially something for, say, Fifth Ed, saying this is how you deal with a dungeon full of traps and ways to roleplay better.
1: Bloody I'm impressed, because you didn't have those extra two words on the end. Now, when I tell you the extra two words on the end, you're going to see just how well you just did. Because the book... uh uh-huh is called The Careless Adventurer's Guide to Hazards Well,
2: yeah
1: (laughs) it's a a, a book full of traps poisons tricks curses and other nefarious things Mm -hmm.
2: wow well yeah because that's what trips up my adventurers being careless yeah god you're doing so well this time man Uh, we're going to run out of points to give you excellent titles it's alright I'm sure you'll get them back next
1: week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll, right. give you, I'll, give, I'll give you 17 points for that. Let's
2: point. oh, fantastic. Seems generous. Right. What's okay, next?
1: then. What is the Infinity D4?
2: That's a Kickstarter, isn't it? That is it thats a Kickstarter. The Infinity D4. Well, I'm going to go and stake out my minimum spec, which is that it's a dice. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Would it have four sides, though? hmm It might be a non caltrop non D twelve, D four, uh I don't know, maybe it's sort of like a round D four or something with numbers one to four repeats endless across it. I i literally have no idea. You're not far off. Oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it then?
1: Eight point nine points. Interesting. Out of con, five, decimal. Out of 10. Yeah. con decimal. Yeah. Con decimal. Um so um yeah, it's it's uh it is D fours. Um they're not round though. That's, that's no. the only bit where you wait slightly wrong. Um So it is an unusually shaped D4 designed so that you don't end up spearing your foot and bleeding to death
2: when you uh, when you
1: step on them in the middle of the night. Um
2: uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, D4s have always been traditional rogues' tools because either you have like the traditional pyramid caltrop shape, or if you get, you can enlist D12s and that gives them more of a roll like ball bearings. Mm. So either way, you don't want to stand on them because you'll just fall over or clutch your foot. And those have sort of a sort of I don't know how to describe it. I don't as know a, how to describe that shape either. It's uh it's a bit like a a pouch in that it's got a curve and it's 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 full of curves and it looks a bit like a lozenge as well. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> in fact it reminds me of the with USB drives and you have that bit where you like you have a cap for USB drive mm. and you stick it in. That's what they those remind me of. I'm not sure why it's called no. an infinity D4. Certainly, the name of the company. Yes, I don't know. Ah. Is, really. it, is it balanced? I guess it must be. It must be. Who knows? Yes.
1: Right. Anyway, that is the end of our favorite, our game, favorite, in favorite game in all the world. Oh, fantastic! I don't know how many points you scored there, but I think you did very well. I did thank you very we well. We have run out of points. Huzzah! Hand out. That's we right, have I... half a point left. See the see the box of points over there. There's Ooh. only
2: half a point left in there. That's right, we'll go on Amazon and get some in. Yeah, <laughs> there's,
1: there's, there's probably plenty more.
2: Maybe we could run a Kickstarter for points. We could run a Kickstarter for points. I mean, but... So, last week, Peter, we held a contest. We did! It was very exciting. Do I you remember basically... the question? It was, how much did... How much do we think the Gilmarth Sky to Africa will weigh? Almost. The question was, how much did Morden Kleinen's
1: Term of Foes weigh? According to our scientific calculations.
2: Deeply scientific. I was involved in everything. Hmm.
1: So, um we had three entries. Yes. Um the prize for this is a copy, a soft cover copy of Ireland at the Axis of the World, which is mm-hmm. um fifth edition adventure start of the Zeitgeist Adventure Path. Yes. Um so we've got three entries. So yes. shall we select the winner randomly from these three entries? Okay. Um so uh, our contest uh potential winners are Lee Donovan, mm-hmm. Carl White, and Tyler McConnell. So, try I read out what they said? Maybe okay. We can... So, Lee Donovan, he, he, he wrote in and said, uh, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes weighs a zvelte two pounds. Ooh. Great podcast. Ensures I fail to concentrate on work for the best part of an hour every Wednesday. Keep up the above average work. Which is Marvelous, kind of Marvelous. Marvelous. Thank you, yes. Lee. Uh, Carl White. Mm-hmm. Hi, folks. Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes weighed two pounds. Proper science. I'm glad he appreciated our proper scientific (laughs) method there. Uh, Khan says, many thanks for the tabletop RPG talk. It's exactly what I've been looking for to feed my RPG acquisition disorder. A great range of coverage of the big players, but also the more indie end of the market. Great stuff. And he goes on to suggest that we could sort of have a look at some of the micro games out there at some point. So I wonder, why don't we cover that as a topic?
2: I think we should. In a week or two. Let's do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. And finally, our friend Tyler McConnell. Hey, Tyler. Uh, he says, hello, me again. Hopefully, I'm not being too annoying entering each week's podcast. I just seriously love your podcast and enjoy hunting for the answers. Um, anyway, uh, he says, uh, modern of termophobes, weighs according to Amazon, two pounds. According hmm. to Morris's unofficial tabletop laboratory, 241.5 pounds minus 239.5 pounds equals two pounds. So all three of those were
2: correct. So let's roll the dice. So one
1: to to two is Lee. Three to four, it's Carl. Five to six, it's Tyler.
2: Okay, here we go. Oh,
1: what does that say? It fell on the floor. What does it say? Oh, lucky one. A one. That is Lee (laughs) Donovan. So Lee Donovan, you have won. So thank you very much for entering. I will get that book out to you as soon as possible. I'll be uh, replying to your email to get your address, and I'll send that straight out.
2: Fantastic.
1: And so, on to this week's competition.
2: oh yes, have you got a question? Mm, I thought maybe we should do something based on the interview of dr Victor von wolfhausen oh, That's Smythe. an excellent
1: idea. What shall we ask? Mm,
2: how about the got it the title of his role playing game that he taught Queen Victoria? the
1: title of the role playing game that dr von wolfhausen Smythe taught. Queen Victoria. Okay. Um, so, uh, send your answer in to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and the prize this week will be a digest sized copy of new, the science fiction role playing game.
2: Oh, that's a lovely prize. Very, very portable, very pocket sized. And it's got a lot of fantastic information. I especially like the tables of scientific gibberish that one can randomly generate.
1: Oh yes, I Excellent. do rather enjoy a little bit of scientific techno babble. Is the uh, mm. technical
2: term? Ah, techno babble. There yeah. we go. Yeah, so, uh, competition must be sent through morrispodcast at gmail The deadline is Sunday, not Friday, but Sunday midnight GMT. Yeah whilst we're begging for money as we are, we should talk about uh, the Patreon, which is, what's the address of the Patreon again? It's The Patreon is at
1: patreon.com forward slash Morris. And interestingly, I put last week's Patreon exclusive episode Mm -hmm. on the main feed. Fantastic. So it's not actually Patreon exclusive, because I thought it might be interesting if people sort of like got to listen to just one of the sort of, um bonus content episodes just to see what the patreon content is like um so it tends to be between sort of like 20 minutes and a half an hour yes depending on you know how much bonus content we have each no. week um and you can find it over on the patreon but don't just support us just because you want to get the bonus content because no. the patreon supporters are what pays for this entire podcast the entire show
2: um, thank you so much we enjoy doing this we hope you enjoy listening Hello everyone, your editor Daryl here to let you know what to expect in this week's Deleted
1: Scenes. This week you'll get more of Peter the Cover Art Critic, fun with unfortunate acronyms, some word origins, and a bit of behind the scenes of this week's interview with Dr. Victor von Wolfenhauser-Schmeith. Sign up now on Patreon at patreon.com slash morse to get instant access to extra content every single week. Okay, well I think that's it for this week, Peter. Yes, it
2: has been a blast. It has been the best podcast ever this week, I think. I can't dispute you in any way. Definitely looking forward to doing it next week. We'll be finding out more about Gen Con, more about the Ennies, see who's won. Thank you for listening. It's goodbye from me, Russ. That's goodbye from me, Peter. Goodbye. Bye.
0: "'That was quite simply the worst podcast I have ever had the misfortune to listen to. "'Somebody will need to be punished, "'but I can't decide whether to use the thumbscrews on them, "'on their disgusting hands, "'or if I should simply throw one of them in the moat.'